Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer on this Friday morning, October 15th. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. Um, my voice is a little weak. We've had a couple of big days, big crowds, long days, long preaching till hours and hours out at the University of North Carolina in Charlotte. So my voice is a little shot. I hope it's not torturous to listen to me because this is an important message today. As we've been talking about starting a gospel conversation, I'd like to share some good news and bad news about sharing the gospel. The good news is this. When we look for gospel opportunities and when we're trying to share the gospel, we must know that God is already at work before we even start. We often think of evangelism as something I need to force. It's my thing. I need to push it on somebody. Not at all. That's not the way it is. God is at work. God's Spirit is working in the people around us. In John 5, 17, Jesus said, My Father is working, and I myself am working to this very day. Now, they thought it was just an issue about the Sabbath, working on the Sabbath. But what was really at issue here? The Father was working. Well, what's He doing? He's drawing people to Himself. He's building his kingdom. Jesus is working. He's building his church. He's at work. His spirit is active in our world. And so when you think of evangelism, it's not trying to twist someone's arm. It's not trying to force the issue. It's really trying to discover where is God at work and what can I do to work with God, to be the partner of God, to be speaking where the Spirit of God is already convicting. And so I say what we need to do, the way I think of it is we need to have our spiritual antenna up. We need to be noticing where do people say things? Where are events people's lives? What were events that people are going through? What are things people are experiencing that may make them open and receptive and would be a clue that the Spirit is working in their lives? They may say something about a tragedy, a difficulty, a hardship. They might even mention uh, a spiritual thing, but if we have our spiritual antenna up, listening carefully, we may pick up on things. And so I want to encourage you, our role in evangelism is primarily discover where God is already at work, and then we cooperate. That's our role. Now, when I say there's good, there's more good news, not only is God going before us, not only is God opening doors, not only is God preparing people and sanctifying them, but when we witness and share the gospel, one of three things can happen. Two of them are good. One of them, not so much. The first thing that can happen is they can be more interested than we realize. Many a time, I have talked to people that I, in my mind, I thought, they're not interested. They won't, they're not going to be there. They're not going to really, you know, this guy looks closed. This guy looks like he has no interest in spiritual things. This guy looks like he's got it all together. Only to discover quite the contrary. I have one friend once I was talking, a successful person, uh, all the evidences of success in life. And I always thought was a very secular person because he was very high up in the educational world, world in a very secular aspect of the university system. 
And one night I had him for dinner and we were talking and obviously brought up religion, only to discover that he had become a Catholic. And I, and I, I asked why, and he said, wherever I travel around the world, and he traveled much of the world in many countries, he said there was always a Catholic church open, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that he, he, could, he could go to, and he'd often go late at night after his work was done. And silly me, I thought maybe he just liked the architecture or the access, and I, so I asked, you know, why, why did you like going to those churches? And he said, well, for the spiritual impact, for the spiritual influence. And here I thought he was a guy who was, you know, kind of had his life together, very intellectual, would not be interested. I mean, I, that's a lie, you see, that I had believed about him. Whereas, in fact, he, was very, he had a deep spiritual interest. So, number one, people are often more interested than we expect them to be. People are often more interested. In my book, I write about a guy, Vic, who often comes on to this uh, YouTube. And how when he, I was hitchhiking once, and he picked me up, and I sized him up as he was in the car, and I thought, no way, this guy's interested. And lo and behold, I led him to Christ that day. God, God is working in people's lives. Sometimes in ways we don't realize, sometimes in people we would least expect, never give up on anybody. Sometimes people are more interested than we realize. Secondly, so, so in other words, so, sometimes people will, will respond positively. The second good thing is sometimes people respond with saying, well, I'll think more about this. They want to talk. They've had, they enjoyed the talk. They enjoyed the conversation, but they're not ready to get saved. Three responses. The first one, positive. They come to Christ and are saved. Second one, positive. I want to think more about this. And by the way, I have found in many, many cases, salvation takes several conversations. They say it takes like seven conversations. And so if you have a good one, fantastic. Look for more opportunities. Maybe you're one of the seven. Maybe God will use other people. Maybe God will use something they read or something they see on TV or hear on the radio. Or maybe God will use you again. But be encouraged with every positive conversation because often in our world today, it takes several conversations to break down barriers, to answer the questions, to help a person become comfortable with receiving Christ. But what about that third response? It's possible that if you witness and you open your mouth and you share something about Christ, that something bad could happen. They might turn on you. They might reject you. They might hate you. They might persecute you. They might assault you. Who knows what they could do? And that would be the negative response. How do you deal with this? Can you deal with this? Can you accept the potential of rejection for the name of Christ? I've received it early on in my Christian life. <clears throat> I, as a matter of fact, I may not even have been a Christian yet. But I had a friend who basically asked, wanted me to, my best friend, wanted me to... Um, engage in a shoplifting activity with him. And I want to do it. And he, he said, come on, they will never miss it. They're just a big company. They'll never miss what we're going to do. And I said, I'm not going to do that. Well, why not? Because I'm a Christian. God wouldn't want us to. And he got angry at me. He said, you're, you're a fool. 
I remember the words, you're a fool, you'll never amount to anything, you'll be a failure in life, you'll never have any friends, I don't want to be your friend, you're going to be like that. And he rejected me, never became my friend, and never had anything to do with me again. That could happen. <clears throat> Every day on campus I receive rejection. Um, I, not everybody, but and sometimes we wear it as a badge of honor, do we not, depending on who's doing the rejecting. But it's, is it painful? Of course. Do we want it? Of course not. Do we enjoy it? Absolutely not. And yet, is it really a bad thing? Remember, three things can happen. They receive Christ. You share the gospel. They receive Christ. That's a good thing. They want to think more. That's a good thing. They reject you, insult you, turn on you. That's a bad thing. Two good, one bad, right? Wrong. Because even if they reject you, hear what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 and verse 22 and 3. You ready? Blessed are you. Blessed are you. When men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. Wow! That means that no matter how they respond, it's positive. If they receive Christ, positive. If they say, I'll think more about this, positive. If they turn on you and reject you and scorn you and ostracize you, positive. Why? Leap for joy. You have rewards in heaven. You're blessed by God. You may be cursed by men, but you're blessed by God. Hey, you can't lose. The good news, the bad news. Whatever the response, you're going to be blessed. It's a good response. It's a good answer. So how do you begin? Sometimes I've found, and I mentioned this in my email that I sent out last night, sometimes it's just like jumping in a swimming pool. You know, when we used to take our kids to the swimming pool, they couldn't wait to be there. We'd get through the gate, and they would... You're not allowed to run, so they'd walk as fast as they could and just jump in the pool. They'd shout, Dad, come on in. The water's great. And they're in there having a lot of fun in the water. But I don't get in the pool like that. I'm an adult. I stand there and look at the water for a while. I'm sizing it up. What's this going to feel like? I stick my toe in one side. Brr, that's cold. I walk around to another part of the pool, staring at the water. Think Maybe my gaze will warm up the water. Stick my toe on the other side of the pool. It's brr, it's cold. And I think to myself, my kids aren't telling me the truth. That water's freezing. But in the, they're in there having all this fun, jumping around. Come on in, Dad. The water's great. Come on in, Dad. Finally, I get the nerve, and there's only one way to get in the water. You don't walk in slowly. That's just torturous. You just have to jump. And when you jump, <laughs> that water's freezing, but it doesn't take long before it's, oh, this feels pretty good. And I'm shouting to Ross, come on in, honey, the water's great. Folks, sometimes beginning a conversation, you just got to jump in the pool. 
it, it, we live in a world that says you don't talk about religion. As a matter of fact, you don't talk about important things. And yet people want to. They really do. I find that broaching the conversation about God can seem awkward to people. And yet, way most of the time, far more often than not, once that conversation gets going, people get engaged in it, and by the end of the conversation, they are grateful for it. So, sometimes we just need to, we pray, look for those open doors, but when they're there, just jump in the pool, jump in the water. It's better than you think. And remember, when you do, one of three things can happen, and they're all good. Father, we thank you today for the power of the gospel message. We believe this is the answer to every single person's need. And Father, so often it's difficult. There's social pressure, there's emotions, there's fears, all these things to prevent us from initiating gospel conversations. We have friends, we don't want to ruin it with them. We have relatives, we don't want to rock the boat or create waves. Father, I pray. I pray that you would help us to realize that people really are, whether they know it or not, they really are desperate for what you are and what you offer. You've created them that way. There's something inside them that needs you. And some people know they're searching and some don't. But I pray, Father, help us to have the wisdom, the courage, step through the door, to jump in the water. We pray, Father, these different things we've talked about this week, about how to initiate gospel conversations and how to, even if we're not good with words or we're not well practiced in making a presentation, still how we can have an effect on others, our testimony, asking them to read the Bible, Lord, to pray for them, maybe to invite another person, a a more gifted evangelist to come and share with them and share the gospel with them. Father, I pray with these different opportunities, we ask for the gospel to advance. I fear, Lord, in our country today, I fear it's not advancing. We seem to be losing more than we're gaining. And one reason, Father, we have this great message. I believe people will receive it if they hear it. Help us, Lord. How will they hear without a preacher? How will they believe unless they hear? And how will they hear without a preacher? Father, we ask you to raise up gospel preachers throughout the land. And we ask all of us to do our part in our sphere of influence. Raise up preachers who have great influence. But all of us, Lord, within our sphere of people who look to us, respect us, love us, help us within our sphere to faithfully Share your truth with all who will listen. We pray these things and bless you today in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining with me. I hope if you're new, make sure you subscribe, like, hit the notify button. Share this with your friends. I hope you come and are with us regularly. We're here every day. Tomorrow, today's a travel day for me. I'm heading to Kansas City where tomorrow I'll be teaching a conference on how to share the gospel, and we'll be doing the FFDBQ method, which you've maybe heard. We, we taught that here several months ago. And, uh, and I pray my voice will be back and strong after a day of rest. 
and then um, we'll be in Kansas, and that'll be in Kansas City, Missouri. If you're interested, write me at Tom at TomThePreacher.com if you'd like to know how to attend that and you don't know where to go if you're in the Kansas City area. Okay, God bless you. I love you guys. Thanks so much for being here with me every day, and we'll see you tomorrow morning as we continue in our daily word and prayer, getting in the word every day. Thanks and God bless you. You have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.